How are the the kids? Oh, they're just laying here right now with me, and they're just sweet little angels. They go back to Rick tomorrow, so. Oh, so they get, he gets them for Thanksgiving. Do you get them for Christmas? I do. Yeah, because oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous to say. I'm that saying loud, this but... with dignity. Notice that I'm saying it with total seriousness in my voice. Yeah, I can hear the straight face that you're saying yeah. it with. No, it's I. That's only fair that you would. The major holidays are Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's like that with my stepkids too. Yeah. Oh, is it? Well, I'm super excited that we decided to do a little bonus episode before season two goes live in January. Daniel, thank you for joining me and actually for having this idea to do a special Thanksgiving episode. Oh, of course, I'm excited. So the topic that we thought would be interesting to discuss for this episode is why the holidays can be so hard on mental health for people and not just people who suffer from chronic mental health problems, but just anybody who uh, makes, makes it through the holidays, why it can tend to be a really stressful time of the year when it's supposed to be the happiest time of the year. So what, what do you know about it? Okay, so uh, Psychology Today uh, is a great magazine all about different kind of mental health topics. I wrote an article back in 2017 about the holiday blues, right? And they were breaking up some myths and then talking about some others. What's interesting is there haven't been a lot of peer-reviewed articles about holiday depression specifically, but there's been there's been some studies done and some um, surveys. So one quick thing that I thought was really interesting is I've heard before, and you might have heard it, that suicide rates spike during the holidays. Yeah. And that's actually not true, according to this article. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That surprises me. Yeah, it really does. So they attribute the the myth to the fact that holiday suicides are just that much more tragic. So they're talked about more rather than them actually being more common. Oh, interesting. So, anyway. I'm actually really... I'm surprised that there aren't more peer-reviewed articles and studies on this topic because I feel like it's something very common. Totally, yeah. Um, the one, the one that I'll note is the American Psychological Association (APA). They did a survey a couple years ago uh, about holiday blues, holiday depression, and like you said, this isn't about people who are depressed. It's it's a specific time period that uh you know people who might not normally suffer from depression experience something so uh in this survey they found that people reported feelings of happiness love and high spirits over the holidays uh, but those emotions were often accompanied by feelings of fatigue stress irritability bloating and sadness uh, <laughs> Okay. And then 38% of people surveyed said their stress level increased during the holiday season. And uh, those stressors were specifically lack of time, lack of money, commercialism, the pressure of gift giving and family gatherings. So interesting because I surveyed a bunch of my friends in preparation for this episode on Facebook and on Instagram and some people that I didn't know. And those are all the things that they mentioned too. I right? mean, a lot of those are the exact same thing. So it's very universal, these feelings that we have about the holidays. Yep. Yep. 
So I think that's that's one of the reasons that I I really love the idea of this episode. Uh, number one, I I had my first um, holiday alone that I spent alone in forever last year. I spent Christmas alone, um, and, and I say alone like I I volunteered in the morning. I saw a couple friends, but you know, there was no one that I was celebrating it with specifically. Right. Right. Um, And what I realized is especially leading up between Thanksgiving to that Christmas. And I knew, you know, a month ahead that I was going to spend it alone. And that's an intentional choice that I made. Um, But I listened to so many podcasts and that was kind of like my, my socializing, if you will. Um, Right. And a lot of podcasts, just like everything they don't really do anything during the holiday season so um but some of them did and those were the ones that i really appreciated like on thanksgiving they they recorded the episode you know a week in advance but still it was nice that on thanksgiving day or on thanksgiving week something dropped that that was talking about that and that kind of served as a companion piece and then the same thing during christmas time so and kind of validated the things that you were feeling totally as yeah well. yeah and, and if nothing else it's just like a familiar voice um during like what could be kind of a lonely time and especially i like covid right oh, yeah adds um, a whole other element to it yeah i i can hardly wait to see the the research that comes out of this whole time period right well i i like that you brought up the fact that on christmas you weren't alone necessarily mm-hmm. like you were around people but you still felt lonely because I think that's a really important thing to bring up that you can be married. You can be um, a member of a big family. You know, I have a really loving, big, tight knit family, but I found myself when I was single, which, you know, I only just got married this past March when I was single, I would feel so lonely at the holidays and feel so sad because I felt like there was, a piece missing in my life. Cause I would see all of my friends, um, you know, shopping for gifts for their children. And just, I just felt disconnected. Like I was missing a, a companion, which I, you know, I was. And so even though I was always with a big loving family and surrounded by my nephews and things like that, it still was really hard for me. So you can be lonely, but not be alone at all. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, so well said. Yeah. And I think that um, there's also, you know, couples that would like to have children and who can't have children who at the holidays, they feel very keenly the loss of having, you know, kids to share traditions with or empty nesters who all of their kids are grown up and have their own families now. And they are celebrating with their own families because the kids, you know, they don't want to travel or whatever. And so here are these, older parents who've given their lives to their kids and then they feel alone at, at the holidays too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can find it in every, um, in every situation. Well, I also think of, you know, couples that might be struggling with their relationship and, you know, during the rest of the year, you can, if you need some space, make space. If you're not feeling that connected, you can just do your own projects or, or go on, you know, a weekend trip or something without that person. But during the holidays, like there's so much pressure to to be together and to have these 
you know, memories being made and time being spent together. And I, I just think that would be really hard. Right. That that's a really interesting perspective, and you know that connects to what one of uh, our followers on Instagram said. She said that it's hard to be around extended family when they're asking a lot of questions about things that you feel inadequate about in your life. So, like, let's say that with your example, you're struggling in your marriage, and people are asking questions like, "When are you gonna have kids?" or you know, "How is it like being married?" or whatever. That can be really really hard when you are you have to put up a front and act like everything's happy uh for the sake of of your family when you're going through a hard time so i i thought that was interesting that this follower brought that up totally i do love that our generation and younger generations are becoming much more aware and sensitive that some some things that are brought up are sensitive whether it's why aren't you guys having kids or um why (laughs) why aren't you and your partner together right now? Um, right. They're like, I get why those questions are asked, but there's also, there's also just something to be said for um, leaving some things to be brought up by the person rather than you, you trying to. Right. Or a picking, a, or picking an appropriate time and place and way of asking if, if the reason you're asking is out of genuine concern and love and not because you're just, curious or you know there really? the intention behind why you're asking as well is really important okay what are some other things that people brought up as far as stressors so one of them which this one i can relate to a lot is uh, over and over again people said high expectations mm. and there are expectations of a lot of things one person mentioned that there were a lot of expectations to create traditions um she said she lives far from her extended family And so it's just her and her husband and kids. And she feels pressure to create these lasting, happy traditions for the kids. It feels that that's a lot of pressure to be under. So what do you think about that? Do you, do you guys, do you have traditions that you remember? And do you think your parents were super conscious in creating those or do they just happen? Yeah, I, I would say that there's no tradition, quote unquote, like, something that happened every year that had to happen that that I hold on to as something that's really cherished specifically because anything that did feel kind of forced even if it was done with the best of intention it always filled or felt kind of stressful which which wasn't fun like we we did try to always drive around and look at Christmas lights Right. Um, but my dad was just always really, really busy, especially during the holidays with his job. And it became this really kind of contentious situation with my parents, um, younger, what I remember. So we stopped doing it. And I think that that was actually the right choice on my parents' side because kids, kids pick up on, on the stress that people are feeling. If someone's bugged, they're going to pick up on it. And it would be better to have non-stressful you know holiday related things that might not be as as elaborate and you know um, yeah you know what I'm saying yeah no I totally know what you're saying like a tradition could be just having a dinner together uh on Christmas Eve and that's something that's really easy to maintain and it's something that everyone can pitch in it doesn't have to be the exact same thing every year because I think sometimes we hold ourselves to these 
uh, traditions that we've created and we get a sense of inflexibility. Like it has to be exactly the way that we've done it before. Otherwise Christmas is ruined instead of like, like it's kind of funny because in our family, a lot of our traditions have just evolved because it's something that we did one year and we thought it was fun. So we did it another year. I don't think it was like, Oh, and we are going to open our Christmas stockings on our parents' bed every single morning or every single Christmas morning. That just sort of happened. But then it got to the point where there were too many of us and we didn't all fit on the bed anymore. And I remember being so sad because I was like, but this is what we do. We open our stockings on the bed. Like we can't change tradition because I'm, I, I'm definitely a a creature of habit and routine. Mm -hmm. And so, but what did we end up doing? Some people sat on the floor, some people sat on the bed, life went forward, you know, but it's just funny because I think we want to maintain tradition because we're afraid if we don't do the tradition then it's not going to be as special and really what's special is all being together right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and I think there's also this pressure I'm seeing this a lot with my friends that have kids now there's this pressure to not only make these really fun traditions like like the whole elf on the shelf thing is right I I can't get into it but so that takes a lot of preparation, a lot of work. And, you know, if both parents are working or we're just like life in general is just so busy. So you number one, have that stress to try to create these cute traditions. But now we also have the stress to make them visually appealing so that you can Instagram them and so you can post about oh, them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. Like, I and I I kind of get it. I tried to take a photo with the dogs uh, yesterday for a holiday card that I'm going to send to no one, but I just wanted it for me. <laughs> Except and, me. <laughs> and I was getting so worked up about it because I wanted right. this like picture perfect new house. I wanted everything to look good, and I was stressing because number one, the dogs weren't looking at the camera at the right time. And then I realized, oh, I don't even have any Christmas decorations up on the house. So that looks like trash. And I was getting so worked up over this stupid thing that just didn't matter. And I was losing the whole point. I wanted to have a photo with the pups to send to family members or to post online that like celebrated the holiday. And I really just wanted to have something that that expressed joy, you know, and happiness and like, oh, look, this is nice. When in reality, I was, the photo wasn't capturing that because that, that wasn't what was real, you know? Right, right. Anyway, and it was just dumb because I'm getting super worked up about something that that's that doesn't even matter in that Oh way. my gosh, yes. And like yeah. worrying about the color palette of the clothes <laughs> and worrying <laughs> about who's smiling and who's not. I mean, family, family pictures, that could be a whole other podcast episode because it really is stressful trying to made that happen. And like you said, it's so public now, everything that you um, do at the holidays, people put it up on social media. So you feel like even if you're not someone who posts it, you're probably somebody who looks at other people posting. And so here you are comparing your elf on the shelf experience to someone else. And you're just thinking, Oh, I'm inadequate. I'm inadequate. I don't do enough. And, and you just feel bad about yourself, which contributes to that feeling of overall depression at the holidays completely yep absolutely so another thing that this one I could relate to on a very personal level um 
the idea that you have to serve at the holidays. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that serving at the holidays is an important thing. But I, having OCD, I remember one year when I was a high school teacher. And if you don't know, for choir teachers in high school, the holiday season is the craziest, most insane, busy time of the year because you are performing constantly around in the community at, you know, nursing homes and whatever, you are just constantly gone. And I got it into my head for some reason that I needed to make an individual treat bag for every single person that I knew. And it was like, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to give it to these people. Oh, but then I can't leave out this person. Oh, but then if I give it to this coworker, well, I really need to make one for every teacher at the school. Or if I, and I got myself into such a frenzy. I remember having just a breakdown and just realizing that I just couldn't do it. And then I felt horrible about myself. I'm like, well, I have so much and I should be serving. I should be giving. This is what people do. And if I don't do it, I'm selfish. And so just the idea that you have to run yourself ragged serving other people during a time that's already really stressful. I don't know. What do you think about that? Totally. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember you during the, uh, when you were at Highland, yes. you, your schedule was insane and you had Motab stuff during that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think this goes to, I saw someone else comment about the commercialization element of this and, and how that's kind of stressing. It just, it's so easy to get caught up in what you in overcommitting number one, right? Right. Which people and talked also, about. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean like it's the most common experience I'm sure for all of us is even now during COVID I get stressed. I have, I have multiple people that want to do like a zoom happy hour and yeah. And a zoom zoom gift exchange. And I just know Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's stressing me out because I don't want to go shopping for stuff and then mail it to everyone. I, I think I think there's a huge there's a huge difference between service that means something and that matters right. and service that's done out of obligation that that's really not service but it's, it's making you feel like you're providing service. Does that make sense? Right. It's like, isn't it amazing to realize that Christmas isn't just commercialized with like Santa and all of that kind of thing. It's, it's almost like service is commercialized sometimes where you have to be, you have to post that you went to the food bank and did this and you have to, um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's almost like, It just depends on the motive. And I, there's one thing that I remember though, as a very young teacher who didn't have, you know, a ton of money, I was just a teacher supporting myself. I remember promising myself that every year I was going to do something special and secret for somebody. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I continued every year for many years. And that was something that truly made me happy. And it was something that I never talked about. And it was not ever like a big deal, right? But it was just like finding one person or one thing that I could do that was little. And it was something that I did very privately. And I just did it because it made me happy. It really did make me happy. And that to me, I think was a type of service that was 
really beneficial to me because as a single person who had all of my needs provided for, it was a really great way for me to take time to reflect and help somebody else. But it wasn't like, oh, I need to serve every single person who is in need right now and who's hungry because you can't do that. And if you try to fulfill everybody's needs, you're going to fail and you're going to be worse off than you were before. Oh, okay. I love everything that you just said uh, because number one, it's, it's so accurate Two, like the, you comment on money. I think money is stressful just regardless of the time of year, but especially during the holidays, uh, you, there's this obligation to, to just spend money and, and you can plan for it. And that's awesome. But sometimes like right now, this year, I just bought a house, incredibly lucky, very fortunate, and I should not be spending money. Right. Right. But there's this pressure that I feel and that a lot of people feel, I'm sure to like get, get your friends and get your family members a gift or something. And I've, I've had to have the, the hard, you know, uh, come to Jesus with myself that this year I am, I'm not going to do what I've done in the past because like, I don't really care about money that much, but I'm trying to be responsible. Right. Right. Of course. And this year I'm going to find ways to serve. And I do think that it's important to serve. Right. Cause it makes oh, absolutely. You... Yeah. But like there's ways to serve that don't require a lot of money that you can do with a, with sincerity and not out, out of obligation. When you are trying so hard to, like I said, meet the needs of everybody else that you're neglecting the needs of, of yourself and your family, you have to figure out what kind of service is going to be most valuable. And like you mentioned for you last year on Christmas, you went out and served and that was an excellent way for you to feel, to feel happiness during the season. Right. Is that, what did you do on Christmas day? You helped serve food or what what was it that you did for your service? So, So this is actually kind of a funny story. I'll keep it brief, but I went to a women's shelter in the morning to, to serve breakfast. Um, but it turned out that they didn't actually need the service help Oh, uh, because there was another family that had signed up and I had, I had gone with, um, with a couple people to do this. And one of the people got a little hot and bothered saying, well, no, like I, we're, we're serving on Christmas morning. Like that's what we signed up to do. Like why, <laughs> why aren't we able to do this? And it was, it was actually pretty funny to see, like there was some tension because we weren't able to serve, but not because it wasn't the service. It's because that's what the plan was to serve. You know what I mean? Right. But the service wasn't needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh dear. So anyway, but it's that kind of pressure where it's like, we feel the pressure. If, like if we don't do a service thing, then it wasn't meaningful. Yeah. 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 Hell, that's um, hard. That's a really, it's a really tricky, tricky subject. And I think social media makes it so much harder. Totally. I, one of the things I loved last year is I did some other things Christmas day and I wanted to post everything. And I, I specifically told myself a couple of days in advance, I'm not posting a single thing that I do because I need to remember what's actually important. And it's not that my Instagram story makes me feel validated right. and whole, but it's that I'm actually doing something that matters 
that doesn't need to be known by anyone other than me. I think that's a really valuable exercise. And not only that, but to not look at social media too, when you're trying to enjoy something and just, just enjoying the experience in the moment. And people talk about that a lot, but it's so much harder to do than to talk about. And I think that it would do all of us good probably to, to take a day or two during the holidays to refrain from social media so we can be present in the moment. Yep. So changing gears a little bit, something else that was brought up and, and it's been mentioned in the comments is uh, the family gathering stress. Yes. Uh So many people, so many questions, yada, yada. Now, this year that there's a whole new dimension to people might be stressed because they can't gather with their family. Um, like with you guys, what, what are you and Cameron doing? You were telling me earlier, but I think that'd be helpful to hear. Yeah. Well, we're, so we're supposed to be going to my family's house in California, but with the current climate with COVID-19, there's so much fear about bringing uh, sickness to my parents who are older and also fear of, you know, just disobeying whatever mandates or, or really strong recommendations that have been given by like government leaders. You know, we're here in Wyoming where the cases are getting higher and higher. And it's just, there's the pressure also of being judged, you know, by other people. If, Mm -hmm. Oh, if I decide to go travel and be with my family and somebody else happens to see a picture on social media are they going to publicly, you know, or are they going to judge me and decide that I'm not being safe or that I'm, you know, putting my family at risk? And so it's like you, you want, you don't want to even, you don't want to worry about the social ramifications about what your decision is. But then it's also hard because um, already a lot of people are feeling isolated right now because of COVID-19 and me being uh, foremost in those because I moved to a new state. And don't have any friends or family here and have, you know, my whole marriage has been during a pandemic. And so being able to see my family is such an important thing for me at the holidays. But there's all these other added factors. And I, I, we still don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. There's really not a a good answer to that. Uh, I think everyone just needs to have generosity with themselves and with other people. Like I, I think we both agree it's so important to do what's right for the health of ourselves and each other and our family members and society as a whole. But then there's also, there's very, there's, there's safe ways to not completely isolate yourself and responsible ways to approach it. And right, you know, everyone just needs to make their own choices and, and do what's, what's best and most pragmatic well and give um, each other just a little bit of grace totally yeah you know just be understanding that your situation you may not understand somebody else's situation like there could be somebody who is really in one of the darkest lowest places and they need to be around family and they are going to make that choice and you will never totally understand their situation unless you have been in their shoes. And we just, I think we do not do a very good job of that as a society. We do not do a good job of allowing people their freedom of experience and of choice and giving them that space to make their decisions. We cannot agree with them. That's absolutely okay. That's our right. But to 
just understand that we don't understand. I think that's the hard thing is to just recognize that we could never fully understand someone's situation until we've walked in their shoes. Totally. Okay. So to end, I thought it'd be fun if we both talk about our favorite holiday traditions, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Um, And then any any ideas that you've had around a new tradition that you might have uh, this year with with everything that's going on? Yeah, that's so a great I can idea. Start, or you can start. No, you go first. I love that. Okay, so one of my favorite traditions uh, has always been has always been for the past uh, twelve years straight. Ever since my mission, uh, I've gone to midnight mass. Um, you know, the yeah. Christmas Eve night into Christmas Day. And like every, every year without fail, I've done it. And it hasn't always been easy because one year I was traveling, um, one year I was in Micronesia, one year I was in Paris and got to do it at Notre Dame. Whoa, that is so cool. Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, What is it? I think Notre Dame. I don't know. Notre Dame is the college. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did it at that big cathedral in Paris yes. that we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, so this year, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, that's probably not going to happen. And it kind of stresses me out. And I'm trying to not get stressed out about it because I'm just going to miss it. Right. Um, anyway, that's one of my favorite traditions. One tradition that I'm hoping to start this year is to write a gratitude note to at least 10 different people that I know and actually like go through the effort of getting the stamps and getting the envelopes which sounds like I'm sure there are some people that are listening that send out like 300 handwritten personalized with you know per- personal sense for each person kind of thing I I really struggle with sitting down and writing physically writing something and like the idea of getting stamps and having to put on the envelope just sounds exhausting to me, <laughs> which I know is so stupid. Uh, there's certain things that I struggle with, but I'm trying to push myself and and just do something that's not about me feeling good, but that's going to like bring a smile to someone else's face. You know what? Because no one, no one that knows me expects to get any card from me. So, And I, I love a lot of things that you just said about that that I think are valuable. One is that you're kind of putting a cap on it. You're not saying, I am going to try to thank every person that's ever influenced me in my life. You're saying, I'm going to pick a small group of people, and maybe next year I'll do a different group of people, and I'm going to do something that is, that is hard for me and that is going to help me to grow as a person and also hopefully will bring some joy to somebody else. And so it's a really meaningful uh, tradition to start and it's something that you can easily maintain and it's something yeah. that is uh, yeah like you can do that year after year and be flexible with it you know some years you could write five people some years you could do ten but I, I just think that that's a really non-stressful one that will really benefit you as much as it will those that are that you're serving so I love that well thank you for validating that you're welcome thank you okay what about you well so I am the biggest cheese ball and in my family it's kind of known that I'm always the one that wants to like rehash every family reunion and talk about all the things that were fun that we did and make a list of everything that we did that we loved and 
talk about our favorite parts. Like that's always been something that I've been famous for in my family. So at Thanksgiving, I'm always the one that wants to go around the table and say one thing we're thankful for. And my sister, Christina, not to call her out publicly, but there it is. She, it makes her feel so (laughs) awkward, like going around the table and sharing the thing we're most thankful for makes her really uncomfortable. She doesn't like being put on the spot like that. And it's funny because I'm like, but wait, we're talking about what we're thankful for. That's what you do on Thanksgiving, you know? (laughs) And so it's kind of been a joke in our family that, that I always want to do that. And she always does not want to do that. Right. So one year we decided to switch it up a little bit and we decided to write on a little piece of paper we each got like three or four pieces of paper and we wrote something that we were thankful for and put it in the middle of the table without signing our names. And then um, I don't know if we each took turns reading from the pile or if one person read them all, but then we just read out loud the things that we were grateful for. And so it was a way to compromise, to still share the things that we were grateful for, but also to not make it kind of awkward like oh I have to say the right thing or I have to have the right emotion on my face when I'm saying the right thing (laughs) you know that kind of thing totally that's awesome yeah yeah sounds like she's not very grateful (laughs) that's that's unfortunate isn't it no no not surprising so funny (laughs) so so funny and then um as far as a new tradition to be starting this is my first year doing um Christmas for kids because I've got four stepsons now. And so, yeah, which is really, really awesome. And so one of the traditions that my mom always did is she just always put a lot of heart and soul into our Christmas stockings. She always would find things to put in our Christmas stockings that were very personal to us. And she'd collect those things throughout the year. She's a lot better at keeping secrets than I am. And, but anyway, she would collect little (laughs) items that she would see and be like, oh, that's something that Katie would like or that's something that you know Anna would like and she would save them in a special secret place and then our stockings were always just a treasure of fun things that that she knew that we would like and so that's a tradition that I'm hoping to pass on a little bit to my stepsons which is uh, finding things for their stockings that I feel like would be of particular interest to them and Again, that is a, that's something that could be setting myself up for stressful, uh, you know, for high expectations. But I think if I can just be uh, aware that I don't need to buy a million things, I can just find a couple little things that are special and from the heart, then I can hopefully not set myself up for a total breakdown. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I hope that some of them get slightly better things than others. So then they feel like there's a little bit of a competition. Oh, yeah. So there's some favoritism and that'll just really seal my yeah. place as <laughs> the, the most amazing stepmother of all time. We have to figure out how to continue with those wonderful things about the holiday without causing ourselves undue stress, things that are extra that we don't need to worry about. Like you can bake some holiday treats for friends but you don't have to do it for the whole neighborhood you know perfect i love it that's the perfect right like you can get a an ugly christmas sweater for yourself but you don't need to find one for both of your dogs too that's perfect 
We didn't need to make it personal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just. Well, okay. I should have said you can get an ugly Christmas sweater for your dogs, but you don't have to worry about getting one for yourself too, because I feel like we both know what the priority is. There we exactly. go. That's there right. you go. 